0: Talk that you should never start a preach with an apology. I'm going to start with an apology, which <laughs> is in my voice. I hope you can bear with me. Hopefully, I'll get through for the next uh, uh, little while without being uh, too croaky. If it dissolves completely, then I may just record it in the week and you can listen to it online. Hopefully, a non-croak, <laughs> non-croak version. Okay, so this morning. I want us to start a new series which will take us through uh, the next uh, couple of months or so uh, into the new year and it's called uh, Growing In dot dot, dot. And uh, what we're going to do over the next few weeks is look at a number of different areas that we believe God wants us to grow in. And these would include things like prayer, worship, our character, Uh, And some other things as well. And so the big idea is this, that as a Christian, as someone who's following Jesus and loves him, God wants you to grow in that and in a number of areas in your life. If you think about it, in nature, God has designed it that healthy things grow. You know, if you plant a seed and look after it and water it, it, it should grow into a plant. And uh, that's that's how God has designed things. But as well as that, God wants you to be healthy and to grow as a Christian. To be healthy in your Christian life. And to grow in your relationship with God. So you're not meant to stay still as a Christian, but over a period of time to become more like Jesus. When you're first saved, when you first put your trust in Jesus, when you make that decision to respond to uh, God's call to, uh, to you, to follow him. In that moment, everything changes. In that moment, you're made righteous in God's sight. It happens just like that, as you decide to follow Jesus. It happens in a moment. You are made righteous in God's sight. Salvation. But we know, don't we, that becoming like Jesus takes a little bit longer. (laughs) That process that we tend to call sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus, that takes time. And uh, that happens over a period. And it will continue happening until the day we die and go and be with the Lord. So if becoming more like Jesus does take some time and it takes a process and it's a lifetime then it's fair to say that God wants to help us and encourage us uh, in that. It's good, isn't it, that he doesn't leave us in the state that he finds us in. But actually, he's committed to working in us and to seeing us grow and become more like his son. Now, I think that if you ask most Christians what they would want to improve upon, in their Christian life, probably something like 9 out of 10 would say prayer. Would that be fair, do you think? Any of you want to improve on your prayer life with the Lord? A few of you. The rest of you are clearly doing really well, which is great. So that means I can sit down even earlier. (laughs) But I think actually, whether we feel we're doing really well in our walk with God, or whether it's an area that we feel we can grow in, actually for all of us, I believe God has something to say to us this morning. Now, way back in 2010, I preached a three-week series on prayer. So clearly, I'm not going to cover as much in this message this morning as we were able to cover in that series. But I do want to look at a few things together, including our personal walk with God and our personal prayer and worship, reading God's Word, uh, praying with your husband or wife if you're married, and uh, talking about corporate prayer as well. And the good news is that this is one area of life, (coughs) actually there are many, but this is one area that Jesus modelled for us really well, really clearly, we have it recorded very clearly in scripture, what it was like when Jesus prayed. And the other bit of good news is that it is possible for you to grow in this. No matter what the last year or so has been like, this year can be better. So, before we start, let's deal with despondency. Okay, before we go any further, maybe you've heard messages like this before. Maybe at the beginning of other new years, you have made decisions where you've thought, this is the year that I really want to um, try and get my walk with God in order and spend more time with Him and pray more or maybe read the Bible more. Maybe you've made those sort of decisions at the beginning of other new years. Maybe for you it hasn't always gone great. Maybe there have been some fantastic steps forward, but it appears to have been some steps back as well. Well, if that's been your experience, don't worry. If even now, even this morning, even in this moment, you can hear, as it were, Satan whispering in your ear, Hey, do you remember when you tried this? (laughs) Do you remember when you decided to to improve on, on your walk with God and praying and reading God's Word? Do you remember how you failed? If you can hear those sort of whispers in your head right now, just let them go. Because no matter what your previous experience has been like, whatever your starting point is this morning, I believe you can grow in your relationship with God this year. Do you believe that? You can, you really can. And right now, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So, if your prayer life isn't really happening right now, or even if it's going great, Jesus doesn't condemn you. He just invites you to be with him. It's an invitation that God wants you to be with him. Amen? Okay, so I do believe that actually, that's the key to prayer. Seeing it as time with Jesus. Seeing it as is his invitation to you for a relationship with you. In Acts 4.13 we're told this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Notice that phrase there? It was noted that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Now, obviously for them, they've literally been with Jesus for three years or so. But it can be true for you and I this morning as well. People will notice if you've been with Jesus. Have you ever come across sort of people where they just ooze the presence of God? You just know that they've been with their Lord. You just know that they've spent time praying and worshipping and you can just see it on them. I can think of a few people I know like that. Maybe you can as well. People will notice if you've been with Jesus. And maybe if that's the case, you might just start doing some of the things that he did as well. Because that's what he said would happen. So, to begin with, let's see prayer as being with Jesus. So shall we pray? And uh, let's ask the Lord to help us as we spend a few moments developing this thing. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your invitation to us for our relationship with you thank you that you've done all that's required to make it possible and now we pray as we spend these moments looking at this subject together that lord you'd be with us that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us this year to grow in our relationship with you lord would you use this message to help all of us to grow in our relationship with you i ask it in jesus name amen amen it's uh, unusual in many ways for me to preach like this because I think my preferred way of preaching is doing the sort of thing we've just done with the Gospel of Luke where we take a, a book of a Bible or a significant chunk of Scripture and, and preach our way through it. Uh, this is a bit more unusual taking a subject and so I'm not going to be opening up one text and just sticking to that and saying let's work our way through this because I want to provoke us and encourage us on this theme. So you'll be pleased to know we will look at some scripture in a moment, but we're not going to start with that, because actually what I want to do is encourage us this morning, and encourage our relationship with God. We need to see prayer as being with Jesus. And as with any relationship, it requires work and it requires time. So if I want to grow in my relationship with Sarah, my wife, who was there a moment ago, but now has just disappeared, trusting she'll be back in a minute. If I want to grow in my my relationship with her, then I need to invest time in that. Now, I I might actually even put some time in my diary, because my my life's quite busy, and and I put in some time where we're going to spend some time just together. But just because I make a note of it, and just because I plan it, doesn't mean it's onerous. I love doing it. And I want to prioritise that, probably over some other things that I could be doing. Because I want to make sure that happens, and make sure that we have good time with each other. And actually the same is true in our relationship with God. He invites us into that relationship with Him. And so if we want to develop that, then more than anything it requires time. You see, Jesus has done all all that is necessary to make it possible. It's not that you have to bring anything to the equation to make it work. Actually, the only thing that you and I bring to our relationship with God is our sin. And he even deals with that. So he's made it possible for us. But friends, the thing that we need to give into that is our time. And it doesn't always require huge chunks of time. Now, Put your hand up if, the, if, as a child, perhaps at school, you learned some musical instrument. Maybe it was really a rec- recorder or clarinet. Maybe it was a squeaky violin. <laughs> Maybe it was something you kept going for a little while and then your parents said, look, I can't take it anymore. No more. The violin's going back. <laughs> Whatever it might have been. My guess is this, that when you were given this instrument to learn, you were told about how to practice. And uh, Lydia is on the guitar at school at the moment, and she 's got some um, things that she 's practicing and told to, to practice on a regular basis. but you probably would have been told this that practicing for ten minutes a day every day was far more effective. Than having a sort of a panic of an hour once a week. Yeah, I can see, see some nods, those of you who have, who have been through that. Maybe you've told your children the same things over periods of time as well. But it's true. If you're learning a musical instrument, actually, a little bit of time every day is more productive to you growing in that and learning that well than just doing it, say, an hour once a week. And I was thinking about this as I was preparing this week, and I am thinking, you know what, I think it's the same as true also for our relationship with God. A regular time with Him, daily, ideally, even if it's short, is actually going to be more productive for you than spending a longer period of time occasionally, maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks. Now, those extended periods of time are good, particularly when it comes to your relationship with God, I would encourage you to get extended periods of time as well. But I don't replace that regular, daily time with him. Because that's what will help develop your life with him. Now I find it fascinating to look at what Jesus did. So if you look through the Gospels, we have recorded for us what Jesus did in his relationship with his Father. When you think about it, here was someone who, as well as being fully human, was fully God. You can think, if anybody didn't need to be so worried about spending time praying, it was probably him. But actually, Jesus wanted to spend time with his Father, and clearly did do that on a regular basis. Because for him, it was about relationship. We're told in Scripture that Jesus only did what he saw his Father doing. And it's as though in those times with his father, he got to see what was on his heart then he went and did it. And the same can be true for you and for I. <clears throat> so, Mark 1.35 says this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 5.16 tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Do you notice it was a typical practice of Jesus? It was what he did often. It wasn't unusual. The disciples would not have been surprised by it. Jesus often withdrew. So there are two things to learn here. Firstly, it was often. It's like for Jesus, this was part of his schedule. Now I'm guessing he didn't have a day timer or an iPad or something else like that. But clearly in his mind, he knew what was important. And he prioritised it. And it was part of his regular pattern of life. It was often. And so just in the same way that for most of us, eating food is a regular part of our lives, we don't often have to think about it, do we? We don't think, "Oh, when am I going to fit it in? How am I going to make sure that happens? We, We make sure that happens, don't we? But just as eating food is a regular, everyday part of our life, For Jesus, time with his Father was a regular part of his life as well. And I would suggest that it should be for us as well. Do you notice also, as well as it being often, Jesus withdrew. He went somewhere else. He got away from the everyday. He got away from the crowds, and there were lots of crowds following Jesus. He got away from the pressures. It was time just for him and his Father. And this was essential for Jesus. It ordered his life. Everything else flowed out of that. He got this right, and everything else happened as a result. Now, it's a hard one for us, isn't it? We live in such a connected world. We're so busy. We've got phones and Facebook, Twitter and text. Our mobile devices are constantly chirping, bleeping, buzzing or ringing, wanting our attention all the time, it seems. That's why we need to withdraw, to switch off and just be. See, withdrawing is essential. For me, the best way of doing that is getting out of the house and walking. It might be somewhere in the countryside, it might be somewhere more local, but getting out of the house, being away from a screen and just being with Jesus is a good way for me to withdraw and just be with him. Now, I wonder what is it it for you? Maybe something like that works for you every day. Maybe you can do that in your routine. Maybe something like that is harder for you to plan in every day. So maybe you need to do it differently. Maybe it's you snatching some time at the start of the day. Maybe on your bus or train journey to work. Maybe in the car. Maybe on the way home from taking the kids to school. Whatever it is, where it is and when it is, isn't it so important and actually just making it happen. So you have an invitation from God. He wants to spend time with you. What an amazing thought. If you think about it for a moment, the Lord of the universe, the God of heaven, the creator of all things that we see around us, has sent you some post. It's an invitation to spend some time with him. It's amazing, isn't it? When you think about it like that, you think if you got some an invitation in the post from somebody that you respected or a famous person wanting just to hang out with you, you'd be excited about it, wouldn't you? You'd think, wow, they wanna want to spend some time with me, it's amazing. you think about your you know your favourite TV hero, perhaps. Or, or maybe a hero from books you've read. Imagine getting a letter from them saying, I want to spend some time with you. How would you respond? You'd be like oh, this is great. You'd be so excited about it. Friends, that's what we have from God. An invitation to spend time with us. He wants to spend time with you. He loves to do that. How will you respond? So you can be creative. You, can, but you need to make it work. Whatever works for you. And actually, it's worth realizing that whatever worked a year or so ago for you may not work now. You might in might a different state of life. Your kids might be of a different age, you might have a different job, Just your daily routine may have changed. So what worked for you a couple of years ago may not work now. So it's worth asking the question, looking at your life now as it is today, and saying, thinking, what's going to work for me right now? And it may be what worked a year ago, but equally, it may not be. And so my encouragement to you this morning would be to... Take a step back, have a look at your life, and think about what works for you now. In the state of life you're in right now, just in how your routine works, just have a look at how you can respond to God's invitation to spend time with you. You might want to think about how you structure it. Now, whilst there are some things that I think are helpful, I don't think it's good to overstructure it. When you go out with friends, if you're going out for a meal with friends, you don't structure it, do you? You don't plan it. You don't think, okay, the first five minutes we're going to do this, the second ten minutes we're going to do that, then we're going to talk about this. It doesn't work like that, does it? At least when I go out with my friends, it doesn't work like that. I'm presuming it doesn't with yours either. You just go out and spend time together and conversation flows naturally, particularly if you're good friends. That's how God wants it to be with you and Him. But having said that, I think some structure in your mind probably is helpful. Now, as a teenager, I learnt the ACTS model. Maybe you did in a youth group some prehistoric time ago, like me also. And whilst I don't think about it regularly now, I found that because it was so ingrained in me, and I thought about it a lot as a youngster, actually, I find myself using it without really thinking about it. So the idea is this, that your time with God should probably include Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Let me just explain those those words. A C T and S Acts. So adoration is worship. You might want to use the Psalms to kick start it. You might be singing your favourite worship song. Whatever it is, it's you worshiping the Lord. That's a great way to start time with him off. You can just you can sing or you can speak let's remember that worship isn't just a prelude to other things because God's worthy of worship, full stop. Amen? He is. So we can come to him and worship him. Confession is our seed. So confess sin. Tell God about it. Get rid of it. Repent from it. Ask him to forgive you. Claim his promise of forgiveness. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. What have you got to be thankful for? Have a think about it. Recall prayer that God has answered. That builds faith. Be grateful. God loves gratitude. Remember when Jesus healed some lepers and most of them didn't return to him, but there was one that did to thank him. Jesus commended him for his gratitude and for coming back. He loves thanksgiving, loves gratitude. So be thankful, be grateful for what God has given you. And all those things come before actually asking him for things. Supplication, our S, is asking God. It may be praying for others. It may be praying for world issues like Kevin led us in a little bit earlier this morning. It may be praying for yourself or others close to you. But you can pray and ask God for things. What's on your heart? What you're you're facing? you can come to him and ask him about those things as well. And I'd suggest that also in your personal time with God, you should be reading his word as well. This book. Sometimes we think, oh, do I separate that out? Is that different time? Well, I think it's all the same time. It's getting to know Jesus. It's getting to know God. This is his book. This is his word. As you read it, you don't just get information, like you do from reading an encyclopedia. You get to know the author. That's what we want to do, isn't it? We want to get to know the author. He's inspired every word in there. Maybe having a plan for reading the Bible would be helpful to you. I think if you don't have any plan, you can just dip in and dip out in random bits and you end up either just reading your favourite verses or just reading the same bits that you always do. But actually having a plan would maybe help you. i found that having a plan on my phone or on my um, tablet works really well because I've got one or the other with me most of the time. And I can work my way through a schedule and a plan and know that, uh, uh, where, where I am and know where I've got to and know where I want to be. I find that helps me. It gives me some readings each day. I think this is what I want to do. If I read through that on that schedule, that pace, I might through a read through a book in a certain period of time. I might read through the whole Bible in a certain period of time. I want to encourage you. It may be like that or it may be a book. You, know, you can get uh, books that help you do that. Whatever it is that works, it doesn't really matter what it is. My encouragement to you would be to read this book and get to know the author of it. Those of you who have got young kids, there's a fantastic app that I've come across recently called the Bible app for kids. You can get it on your phone or on a, on a tablet and it's got Bible stories for children on it. It's wonderful. If you've got young kids, then and search for it in whatever app store you happen to use. And you'll probably find it. It's free as well, a Bible app for kids. But whatever way you use, whether it be it electronic or printed form, then read the book. Get to know the author. As you spend time with the Lord, maybe praying in tongues would be really good for you. That heavenly language that God gives us is a gift of the Spirit. It's your Spirit communing, communicating directly with God. It's a wonderful way of praying. Have you ever been in a situation where you wanted to pray for something but you haven't quite known what to pray for, how to pray? Have you ever been there? I'm there often thinking, Lord, I don't know what to pray about this situation or, or that circumstance. By praying tongues. And the Spirit helps me to do that. Because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to pray. And so he helps us in that. It's time as well to listen to the Lord. If we're not careful, if you're anything like me, uh, you tend to talk quite a lot. And uh, I'm like that in prayer as well. I have to consciously think, no, I I need to be silent now and listen to the Lord. Because in a conversation, if you're out with a friend, if you're just talking at them for an hour, they're going to get a bit bored, aren't they? They're going to say, can I get a word edge edgeways here? It's not a great way to develop a friendship. You want to spend some time listening as well. And the same is true of our relationship with God. Let's spend time listening to him. Listening to what he's saying to us. Listening to his answer to what we're praying for. Listening to what he's saying to us for our church, for our city, for what he's calling us to. Do you remember when the Lord came and called Samuel. We're told about it in 1 Samuel 3. It says, The Lord came and stood there calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. That's a good answer. (laughs) Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Sometimes people say to me, I don't think God's saying anything to me. I don't think he's got anything to say. I think actually what we find in Scripture is God's got lots to say. It's often that we're not listening. It's often that we haven't stopped and inclined our ear to heaven and asked him, Lord, what is it you're saying to me, to us? God wants to speak to us. I'm not going to cover fasting this morning because Tim's going to speak about this in a few weeks' time. But again, fasting is something that you may find helpful in your walk with God and developing a relationship with him. It might be something you do personally. It'll be often something we would say, let's let's call the church to a period of prayer and fasting. And we'll be doing that at the end of the month. We're going to have a week of prayer and fasting together as a church. We'll have some uh, various prayer meetings during that week. There'll be some prayer meetings in Derby. There'll be one in Burton as well. We're going to call the church to pray and fast and to seek God and to ask him for his presence and to guide us and to lead us and to speak to us. And Tim will speak a little bit more into that as well. Before we get to praying together, uh, it's worth mentioning as well, uh, praying if you're married with your husband or wife, or maybe praying as a family. Now, I've learned that, it's interesting, when I'm away with a team that I'm part of, we often go around the circle and say how things are in our lives and what's happening. And sometimes... uh, our other halves come as well. And when that happens, we tend to start with our wives because they say what it's really like. Regardless of what we've said previously, which is generally, life is great, everything's good, marriage is wonderful. And then when our wives come and uh, say what it's really like. And uh, I thought it would be better, rather than me talk about what our prayer life is like for me and Sarah, to ask her to tell you. So I'm going to. So she's going to tell you what, what it's been like for us and what we're doing
1: no. Okay, so we've been married now 11 years and uh, I'm going to be really honest with you. When we first got married, I can't actually remember praying together. Silence in the room. <laughs> um, and then as children came along and all the rest of it, we thought it'd be good to start praying together. Um, so we decided we'd start praying once a week on a Monday evening. You know trouble, trouble it is when you've been working or looking after children, I don't know if you're the same, but I collapse in bed or collapse in front of the telly on the sofa and I just fall asleep. So, Grandma would be praying and then the next thing he would hear me snoring. Um, so, that didn't really work for us. So, we tried and we kept trying and we just failed in it. And then uh, a condemnation comes in, doesn't it? Oh, we'll try again next week, we'll do better. we got no better. <laughs> So uh recently we've just been thinking about how can it work for us, how can we pray together, and what's going to be um a good way of doing that and I think Glenn's right when it says that you know every season is different, so what might work for you won't work for us, so you just need to find your own way of um you know what works so we we started to um pray in the morning now um i don't know how long we've been doing it, not not that long it's about couple of months. Um, So the alarm clock goes off at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now Reuben used to get up at 6 o'clock anyway, so we're used to that pattern. But recently he's been um, sleeping in, which has been nice. Um, So we decided that we would wake up at 6 and see how that goes. And um, the first morning the alarm went off, we hit the snooze button and we went back to sleep. And it <laughs> um, and eventually we were like, no, let's do this, let's pray. And we prayed, and we prayed for about five minutes, it was great. Then the second morning, we prayed for about ten minutes, and it it was great. Then the third morning, about 15, and it just got better and better. And um, I can honestly say today that we've found something that works for us. I'm not pretending that some mornings it isn't a struggle, because it is, I'd much... Rather just turn the alarm off and go back to bed, you know, when you've had a broken night or you've got a busy day, thinking, oh, just five more minutes. But actually, as we've given ourselves to pray together, we have seen um, God answer lots of prayer, just simple prayers. I think we were praying about, um, we were praying for a friend to come to the carol service and I've asked her many times to come before and there's always been, you know, I can't do it now. But um she came to the Carol service and that was a, an amazing answer to prayer. And we've seen other answers to prayer like that, the kids' health and lots of other things. Um so I'd really encourage you if you're if you're married just to just to go for it this year, just to find that time that's gonna be good for you, whether it's at night time or morning time. And if you don't do it for a day, don't get all worried about it. You can just start again the next day. You know, God is full of grace, we are full of grace. Um, so don't condemn yourself in that and just try again but I think it's brought us closer um, and it's brought us closer to God um, and that's been great and if you're not married I would encourage you to get alongside a, a friend that you trust maybe you can't do that every day because it, it won't work practically but maybe you could do it on a weekly basis um, so it's just something to uh, to think about we try and do that in, a, in our life group and um, we pray for each other Um, and with each other Um, and uh, also we've um, trying to pray more with the kids because I think that's really important as a family Um, we've never been very good at that either (laughs) Um, but we um, recently we've decided at tea time is the best time for us to pray together Um, because again at bedtime the kids were tired you know they were wriggly they didn't they didn't want to pray um, but we found a method that really works. So we have tea um, about five o'clock. And then before pudding, because if they have pudding, they just want to get down and play, we say, right, let's go round and just talk about our day, talk about things that we're struggling with, what things you want to pray about. And it's not a long thing. It takes about five minutes, ten minutes. Um, and so we go round in a circle. So I'm first, and I'll say, right, can you just pray about the dentist today? Or And Lydia will say, can you pray that God helps me with this issue at school or whatever. So I pray for Lydia, Lydia prays for Kezia, Kezia prays for Daddy and Daddy prays for Reuben and and it works really well. And again, it doesn't happen every night, it happens when we're at home, Graham's sometimes not there, so if Graham's not there I try and still do it with the kids, which doesn't always work. Um, But it's brought us closer as a family and again we've seen God answer prayers and